another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. After Saturday's uh, Purdue victory over Indiana, 67-58. to It's Purdue's fifth straight win overall. Ninth straight wins against the Hoosiers. Boilermakers wrap up a at least a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament. Could move to number three if Iowa would lose to Wisconsin on Sunday but the bottom line is that not many people expected Purdue to be in this position at the start of the season so they've they've rallied themselves up got themselves a double bye and now they need to take advantage of it by advancing I I don't know if they necessarily need to to win the Big Ten tournament but you know you, you never like to go one and out you know and depending on if they're the four seed or the three seed if you produce the four seed most likely they would face Ohio State in, in its first game uh, the three seed would play the six seed uh, I guess that could be Wisconsin or maybe Rutgers um, so I apologize not knowing that uh, after the Purdue game I went and covered a high school game at Attica between Central Catholic and and Covington, Central Catholic won. They shot basically a bazillion percent and uh, reclaimed a, a sectional championship. So I haven't really studied the Big Ten standings uh, as I record this, so I do apologize. But, it, you know, Purdue's going to play a tough opponent. They're going to play an NCAA tournament-type team in their first game of the Big Ten tournament. So, yeah, they beat Ohio State twice. And each time, Ohio State didn't have a player. Uh, E.J. Liddell was missing the first game. C.J. Walker was missing the second game. I guess if you have initials as your first name, (laughs) you want to have somebody else that will be missing for the Big Ten tournament game. And if Purdue's the three seed, you know, if they do play Rutgers or Wisconsin, it's, you know, again, these are NCAA tournament teams. And... You know, I don't. I don't think Purdue should fear anyone. Uh, I don't. Pretty sure they don't. Um, and you just, you know, they're they're riding a pretty good wave of momentum right now. And I don't think anybody can really deny that. Now, you know, as as been stated here many times, while Purdue has had a great year, uh, better than expected, they've yet to beat the top three teams in the league, and that would be Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa. Um, and the, obviously they'd love to get another crack at at those teams, but there you know there's still a lot to be proven for this team. You know Purdue has, you know they they've they've taken care of business, and but Michigan is considered a number one seed. Uh, Illinois is considered a number one seed. Ohio State was considered a number one seed, and Purdue did beat them twice. And Iowa, at the time Purdue played them, was considered a number one seed. Uh, but just from a pure basketball standpoint, you'd like to see Purdue match up with one of those teams again just to see how far that they've come. And, uh, you know, I think everyone sees progress. They see it individually. They see it as a group. But how does that how does that compare to a Michigan and Illinois or an Iowa? And to me, that's the the fascinating part of this is 
can Purdue match up against one of those teams, then we have a better indicator of exactly how far that they've come. Um, and they've come a long way. And as I've said many times, I don't I don't think there's a ceiling on this team, this particular team right now. I mean, there is there's many more things that they can do to get better. You know, today uh, against the Hoosiers, they got off to a slow start, didn't score in the first four minutes. Matt Painter goes to the bench, Zach Eady, Aaron Wheeler. All of a sudden, Purdue's right back into the game after Wheeler hits a three, and uh, Zach Eady reels off six straight points, and Purdue kind of takes control. And that's the benefit of having a bench. That's the benefit of having production coming off your bench. And that... The, the first TV timeout is the normal time that Zach Eady comes into the game or Aaron Wheeler would come into the game unless uh, Mason Gillis or Travion Williams picks up two early fouls and they're in a little bit quicker or one foul. But that was a normal time for them to come in. It, it, you know, It's not like Painter pushed the magic bus button there and uh, went with these two guys. It was their normal time to come into the game. But they provided a spark. And, you know, Painter has said this several times. Um, they have seven or eight guys that can start. And and when you have seven or eight guys that can start, that means you got two or three guys that are coming off the bench that are equal quality of your starters. And that's what Purdue has. And that's what Painter has built. That's what this team is about. That's what next year's team will be about as well. But just a year older, a year wiser, and more talent coming in with the freshman class. But, you know, Purdue needed that spark. You know, like every other Big Ten team, Indiana struggled to guard Eady. Uh, the guy gets great position. He opens himself up. And the passes have been good in the post. And he scored. He's finished. I think he's 16-21 the last two games. Uh, scoring 21 and 20 points against Wisconsin and Indiana. Uh, he's finishing around the rim. Uh, and he's just... And the other key thing about Edie is Matt Painter's going with him down the stretch in in these games. Now, you know, today was a semi-close game. Indiana ha- had it within four at one point in the second half. But uh, Painter's sticking with Edie down the stretch, mainly because he's, he's been productive, but number two, he's a much better free throw shooter than Travion Williams, and if, if he's going to be out on the floor, floor, you want him out on the floor, in part because of some defensive situations, then he's more, he's more likely to, to hit some free throws if he's fouled. Travion has not proven that he can be a consistent free throw shooter, so you know that that's the option. That's why Edie is down there, uh, you know, down low late in games. Is you know, Painter trusts him to not only score around the basket but also step up to the line and hit hit free throws. Uh, but it was a, you know, I, I want to say Purdue played great defense, but uh, you know when you hold a team to 58 points, but I, I just think Indiana's such a bad perimeter shooting team that. I don't know how much of it was actually produced defense or just Indiana continuing to be a bad three-point shooting team. A lot of those, I mean, you could have, uh, I mean, you could have built a brick building with some of those shots. 
I mean, they were, I mean, they were, they were just, they were just bad shots. I mean, they were, well, take that back. I mean, they were good shots. They were just, they were bad. <laughs> they, they just, I don't know if I'm explaining that right. They, they probably were good looks, but the shots themselves looked horrible. And when they clank off the rim and bounce off the backboard and uh, you can tell when it leaves their hand that it, it's nowhere close to, get, to getting getting to the rim those are bad shots I mean Indiana just has a bunch of bad shooters that's that's just it and they've been bad all year and that has been their problem is perimeter shooting all year so I you know I don't know if I want to sit there and say well Purdue played great defense no I mean I, they did I mean Purdue plays hard on defense and they they usually close out pretty well but uh, I just think Indiana continued to do what it's done all season that's clank a bunch of shots up there that had no no hope of going in instead of playing through Jackson Davis which they should do all the time they decide to sit there and shoot three-pointers and they, they I, I don't know how many they hit I, I didn't look at the box score that closely but I'm not sure they may have hit enough to spell the word horse but I, I can't be certain of that I mean that's just a bad shooting team and they've proven they keep proving every game how bad of a shooting team that they are uh, so you know Purdue, Purdue caught you know some breaks a little bit because of their inept shooting um, but you know Purdue rebounded really well. They had a, they were plus thirteen on the boards. Um, and here's kind of the amazing thing: in the end, it did not get an offensive rebound in the second half. You know they missed thirteen shots, and they did not get an offensive rebound. So credit Purdue for closing out the defensive possession by getting the get, by getting the rebound. So in that regard, Purdue did play solid defense because they finished the possession. You know, they didn't allow them to have an offensive rebound in the second half. Uh, therefore, they they could not uh, capitalize on any second-chance points. But Purdue, uh, Trevion Williams, I think, had seven. Edie had uh, nine. Aaron Wheeler, uh, seven rebounds, eight points. Another solid outing for Aaron Wheeler. Uh, and he's... Uh, you know, Aaron's become a bit of an X factor here for for this team where he's coming off the bench and you know he's played solid defense and rebounded well all year but now you're getting six to eight points a game out of him or in some cases 11. Um, So when Purdue gets that they you know they become a much more dangerous team and you don't need you know this has been talked about in our press conferences with Painter and the players over the last 10 days or so, they don't need to lean on Trayvon Williams to score 25 a game. And Purdue truly has a balanced scoring attack. You know, Eric Hunter has scored two points in the last two games. Two. Now, I think he's their uh, second or third leading scorer, depending where, you know, Stefanovic is. 
but he he's uh, he's one for nine in his last two games shooting. But you don't really notice it because Zach Eadie's scores 41 points combined the last two games. Or Jaden Ivey had 18 the other night, 17 uh, in this game. Or Aaron, Aaron Wheeler gets you 8 points or 11 points or whatever it is. Uh, but you just don't you just don't really notice Eric Hunter not scoring. Here's a, here's, a, here's a player that does score and knows how to score and can score, but it's it's kind of okay if he doesn't score right now. There'll be a game coming up. It may be Friday in the Big Ten tournament. Maybe another game in the Big Ten tournament. It'll be in the NCAA tournament. Well, they'll need him to score. But they haven't really needed him, and you kind of gloss over that a little bit um, as you recap the game. Now, the one area where Hunter needs to pick it up is free throw shooting. Uh, he missed two late today, and he missed two late on Tuesday against Wisconsin. Now, Purdue didn't absolutely need those free throws in either game, but you don't want an 80% free throw shooter, and that's what he is right now. And he was shooting close to 90% going into the Wisconsin game. You don't want that guy to lose any confidence at the line because he is going to be on the floor in late-game situations, and he's going to get fouled. I think he's two for eight in his last uh, four games at the free-throw line. That's where you know he needs to get that straightened out. Uh, but, I mean, that's to me, that's an amazing number that Eric Hunter hasn't scored, really, the last two games at Purdue. You know, has beaten Wisconsin in Indiana. That just means there's other other guys stepping up. That the, there's other guys more than capable of carrying the offensive load. Um, and that's the beauty about this team right now is they. It doesn't have to be the same guy every night. It can be different guys every night. It's right now Zach Eady is the guy. Jay Navi has been the guy. But you also get a little bit of contributions around around the roster from you know Mason Gillis hitting a three today as we mentioned Aaron Wheeler uh, and other guys is stepping up and you know I think Brandon Newman's starting to find his shot again he hit a three-pointer today uh, so uh, you know Purdue Purdue's in a good place right now and yes you you just want to see them play well in the Big Ten tournament, whether it's one game, two games, or three games. Uh, just, just continue to play well. They got to clean up the turnovers. Uh, too many unforced turnovers today in this game. Uh, sloppy play at the beginning. Sloppy play to start the second half. Uh, you know, Purdue, Purdue has to. They have to be better in that area because a team like you know, if you end up playing a Michigan, an Illinois, or an Iowa, they'll just they'll bury you with those kind of mistakes. Because there were there were live ball turnovers, uh, Purdue was just sloppy uh, with the ball, lack of focus, lack of concentration, you know, whatever you want to call it. But they were just sloppy with the ball, and that that'll that'll get a beat. You know, now we're at a time of the year where things like that get you beat. You know, it it doesn't get you beat against Indiana because Indiana can't hit a three pointer to save its life, but it will get you beat against Ohio State. Wisconsin, Rutgers, and if you're fortunate enough to win the first game, and you're the four seed, it'll get it'll get your butt kicked against Michigan, and Purdue's already experienced that. 
or if you're the three seed, uh, you, Illinois will make you pay for that. So, you know, there's a there's a heightened awareness that needs to happen during the next week as far as improving that uh, because Purdue can't have 15 turnovers now in a tournament game, Big Ten or NCAA. It just I, I just don't think that it can um, survive that many uh, that many uh, possessions of not getting a shot off because this team is playing well offensively, and I know they scored 67 today, but they're still playing so well offensively that you don't want to waste any possessions. You just don't want to uh, leave any possessions out there uh, because it becomes a little bit harder to score in the postseason. Uh, you've got to take advantage of every opportunity. So cutting those turnovers down, uh, in my opinion, is paramount to Purdue you know, getting on a run in the Big Ten or the NCAA tournament. And, you know, if they can do that, I think they can hang around for a little bit in, in both tournaments. Um, but that, that's, that's going to be a key. So Sunday, uh, know for sure uh, when, what time, who, who potentially Purdue will play in the Big Ten tournament. We know the game will be Friday, uh, either at uh, 2 o'clock if they're the four seed or uh, probably around 9 o'clock, I think, Friday night if they're the three seed. Um, so just, you know, keep an eye out and check your local social media or come back to my Twitter or jconline.com to get the full uh, full bracket and the pairings of when uh, Purdue will will start uh, start Big Ten play in the tournament part of this. And remember, the tournament's at Lucas Oil Stadium, not Baker's Life Fieldhouse. So it'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium starting on, actually it starts on Wednesday, then the quarterfinals are Thursday, and then, or I'm sorry, the second round's Thursday, the quarterfinals are Friday and then semifinal Saturday, championship Sunday, and then selection Sunday. Didn't think we'd make it this far with COVID and everything, but looks like we're going to get to the end of this uh, weird season, and uh, and that's kind of where things stand right now. Appreciate you stopping by. Any comments, questions, concerns, hit me up, DM me. Um, we'll give you a shout-out. If you want a shout-out, cost you nothing. Would love to have an advertiser, but I'll beg anybody, anybody, anybody. All right. Appreciate you stopping by. Have a good day.